Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Lady Chow Fung and Kenny, and we're going to talk about The Bride with White Hair 2, directed by David Wu, with action directing by Philip Kwok. It stars Bridget Lin, Leslie Chung, and Sonny Chan. Uh, this is set years after the events of the first film. In it, Ni Chung continues to slaughter members of the Eight Clans to avenge the past. Cho Yu Hung has gone into seclusion to await the blooming of a petal, and his nephew, Fung Chun Kit, succeeds him as the new rising leader of Wudang. On his wedding night, uh, Fung Chun Kit uh, is about to get married, and Ni Chung t- uh, steals his bride and tries to shape her into an instrument of her revenge. Uh, so, Kenny, uh, why don't we start with you? What was your uh, reaction to this movie? Um, well, I definitely thought it was a very good sequel to the um, first movie. Um, yeah, and if you hadn't told me, I wouldn't even have thought that it was like with two different directors involved here. I mean, I, I feel like the, the, the sort of new director carried the mood from the first movie over very well, that you have a very vengeful and erratic um, character in the form of Ni Chang and her sort of love hate that she has for um, Cho Yi Hang, sort of driving her to uh, um, exact her revenge against the eight clans, sort of basically ruined her all that all that she held that was good right from the first movie um and i i enjoyed the movie um it, it had a nice bit of humor to it i don't know how apparent that humor was um to the to anyone who'd be watching with the dubs um but in the yeah in the original sort of Cantonese had a bit of tongue cheek humor um here and there lots of little word plays which i enjoyed um but yeah, I, I, I thought that was a pretty good movie. And uh, Lady Chow Fung, what about you? I had difficulty paying attention to this movie. I like the sequel. I mean, I like the first movie much better than this one. Um, I don't know what it was about this one, but I really wasn't as focused on this one as I was with the first one, I kept getting up and doing other things. So I might have missed a lot in the movie and I only had a chance to watch it once. But um, I thought it had too many flashbacks for me. I would have liked to have more new material where they had placed the flashbacks. I understand that people need to understand the first story, but if you watch the movie the first time, the first movie, then I, for me, I didn't need all the flashbacks. And um, I guess my my take on it was uh, I thought this was a uh, a fun, enjoyable movie. Uh, I don't think it's as good as the original. I think the original is like reaches a level that few movies reach for me. Um, and this one doesn't quite reach it. But this one feels like a if you enjoyed the first one, you'll probably like this one. It, it explores the um, uh, the world created by the first one a little bit more. And and so, you know. I, I don't know, I'd probably give it like 3.5 stars if I were to give it a rating. Um, but, uh, and, I, and I would I would agree with Kenny that it, uh, it, it uh, feels like the first movie in terms of the sound, the look, uh, especially like the action sequences. They, they, they have a lot of similar techniques that they're using with the filming. Um, but I also do think it's not as good as the first one. I think the first one is, um, is a very exceptional film. Um, but it's interesting about the humor. I'm, I'm wondering, I, for me, the humor, I, I saw the humor in some of the ways that the characters were acting. 
and and the way they carried themselves uh and in a few of the lines of dialogue but i think you know we were talking about this before the podcast and i think uh i think a lot of it didn't get translated over as well in the uh in the dubs of the subs um so so i'm, I'm curious if if i if that would affect uh me or lady chow fung's reaction to the movie um but, uh, I don't know. I think it's sort of pretty typical of sort of Hong Kong movies from this period is that they, or Cantonese movies from this period, and that they use a lot of wordplay all the time. Mm-hmm. That you know, it, it might seem a, a, a bit you know immature, crass, or whatever to some people, but it, it was just sort of the style. I mean, you'd, if you could fit a gag in, then uh, you would use uh, wordplay to uh, sort of get get that through, just to break up the tension a little bit, or you know, make it seem like you're not taking things stuff too seriously type of thing. And uh, and so obviously Lady Chow Fung, you, you, you preferred this, the original to this one, I'm assuming. Um, Kenny, how, how do you think this compared to the, the original? Do you think it was a, a like basically at the same level or do you... Uh... I, well, I, I'm, I'm looking through a lens of being a single long, long movie type of thing, you know, in, in the sort of vein of like marathoning Lord of the Rings type of thing, and okay. and I, I'd say that it was it was, it was definitely it, the first half was definitely stronger. So the first movie was definitely better, but the existence of the second half helps sort of balance it out and it it, it enhances the flavor if mm. you know, put it that way. Um, it I don't know it, it it makes I feel like the second movie makes the first part better, um, but if we look at ice in the you know by, by itself then it's not that great i mean i, I can see um where the chaffron is coming from with the whole it's easy to get distracted um there's i mean it's not like the plot is complicated or hard to follow or anything but it's just sometimes there's a lot of um unnecessary lull in in the sort of plot and it's hard to um you know it's hard to sort of keep up the sort of focus you need to um I don't know. Maybe it's just because uh, the, the the dubs or or the subs is is a bit um, not well done in this movie, but it, it it requires more attention to sort of keep up with everything here. I think. Well, I also found that um, I think there are things about this movie that I think are really good, um, but there are things that uh, if I'm just comparing between this and the first one, the things that I think were better in the first one were the chemistry between the two leads. I thought were stronger than the chemistry between the um uh the new characters in the movie the new the new love interest in the movie um and do you I think felt... that might be a bit oh sorry go oh, no go ahead no go ahead no i was gonna say do you think that maybe because um well the 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 two leads in this movie never really interacted much i mean we, we sort of we were given a glimpse into their back into their history where they exchanged letters via pigeon mail yeah. <laughs> for, for a while but, somehow... by, but by the time those flashbacks came up for me it was too late i was already uninterested in that couple because i did i wasn't invested in them like i was in our original two characters from the first movie. It took too long for me to get interested in what would happen to them because it took too long to see how their love story came together. To me, at the beginning, it seemed kind of forced. Like he was forced into this marriage with this girl and 
but you come to find out that they've been sending love notes back and forth. So to me, I would have rather had the love story develop at the beginning or to know more about the love story in the beginning than to have it so late in the film. Yeah, that's interesting, actually, because yeah, I, when, when I think of it from your point of view, then it's it, um, sort of what they're trying to... So to spo- spoil the movie a bit, you know, um, the, the, the bride gets kidnapped by um, Li Chang and her gang and, and brainwashed into thinking that um, her uh, lover is um, marrying her just to use her as a breeding machine for the Budang clan, basically, right? Yeah. And, and, and from Lady Chao Fung's sort of point just now, it... Yeah, it makes perfect sense why they sort of bring it, um, you know, use that sort of scenario as the reason to, or as the sort of the the, the foundation for uh, doing the brainwashing. Because from our point of view, you know, that if this is just an arranged marriage of some sort, there's there may be sort of some you know crush-like emotions between the two of them, but we never really see anything deeper. And I can see that's why you know Brendan was saying you know, the, the connection between the. Um, the, the leads in this movie is much weaker because we don't um, see the, the love develop uh, over time or, you know, or, or the moments of passion between them. It's all very, uh, well, we're getting married now and here's the sort of ceremony yeah. and they're going to be having a little bit of a uh, flirting scene with the whole, um, you know, him flying in the air and playing the Guchin. Um, but, you know, and... and that, that, that was it. I mean, that's the extent of what we know about their relationship. Um, they're not, you know, introduced as childhood sweethearts or anything like you might have in other um, sort of movies like this. And, it, and you know, that they're not like... Um, they, haven't, they don't seem to have, like, endured much, you know, together to sort of elicit the sort of same same degree of love and affection that um, Ni Chang and Yi Hang had in the first movie. No, and I think, um, uh, I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here because this is a topic I was hoping to get to in a bit, but I think it's pertinent. Um, I, I don't think that the, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I completely lost my train of thought there. I apologize. Um, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Nothing. Oh, Okay. Um, no, I, I think that uh, as as you watch the movie, you you kind of get these glimpses that maybe the things that the the Ni Chung character and her cult are angry about are legitimate beefs. Like you know, they're 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 indications that they might be grounded in 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 in, in real things. Like when the when the men come to kill the the members of her sect, they're particularly brutal, for example, in the way they do it to the point that Moon even notices it. So I'm wondering if maybe, Kenny, you're kind of on to something there where maybe this isn't supposed to be as, uh, uh, as, 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 uh, maybe the chemistry is, is not there by design. Um, you know, maybe, maybe for, for what they're going for, if there was more chemistry, it, it would kind of undermine some of the ambiguity of what's going on. And, uh, uh. But I don't know, just, it was just a thought. But um, I think that, uh, for me, the reason that the, why the, why it doesn't work is just really comes down to the chemistry. Um, because when I think back to the, the original film, there really was, it wasn't like there was a whole lot of stuff that, that really built up that relationship. It was primarily just these shots where 
Bridget Lin and Leslie Chung are interacting and you believe that they're a couple. Do you know what I mean? Whereas there, there was still plenty of that. There was opportunity for that in this movie. It just wasn't as... Uh, it just didn't seem like there was quite as much chemistry between the actors. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe again, it would have... You know, I, maybe they didn't want to overshadow the 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 big love story between um, uh, Cho Yu Hung and and Ni Chung, uh, and so this was just you know you know because really the plot is even though there is a love story to it, it it's really more about sort of the brainwashing and the cult and the fighting and um, and and a lot of the stuff that goes on between uh, the the main character and his and his fellow heroes. So. Uh, but for me, for me, it would have been, I would have bought in more to the brainwashing if I had known that the two were deeply in love. Because I didn't think that they were deeply mm-hmm. in love, I don't know how she could have been brainwashed so quickly. Um well, I know there were some, it looked like there were some drugs involved and maybe some like magic or something. I think, I think that was like a drug magic cocktail. It was like a combination of sorcery and, 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 and poison, I think. But I'm, but yeah, I, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure what was going on there. But, um, I think the brainwashing to me would have been stronger if I had thought that they were more in love and I'm going back to the Swordmaster on this one. How, um, oh, the w- female character that was in love with Achi from the beginning, but then she kept getting dumped by him. I think she would have been easier to mm. brainwash. Oh, Chow Because, Di. yes, because she had had such strong feelings. And I think it's very easy to turn, for women especially, to turn strong feelings of love into strong hate. Oh, I see what you're saying. So because you don't, you didn't buy that there was a strong emotion. You didn't understand how they were able to harness. Right. And I didn't, so I didn't buy into the fact that she was so brainwashed, Mm. which kind of, I guess destroyed, not destroyed the whole movie for me, but made me less interested because it was, not as believable for me as other movies that we have watched. Okay, I get you. No, that makes sense. I think that's a you know that I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I for me, I, I think that the the love story aspect of the movie, at least between those characters, wasn't quite as believable. But there were things about the film I liked. I like the world they create. I like the um, I, I like the band of heroes that they put together to take on the uh, Ni Chung character. And, they were my favorite. Yeah, I liked I liked that, and I liked I the liked Motley the crew. yeah the Motley Crew. Well, I like movies where you feel like okay, this is the kind of movie where if I kind of want to show somebody what Wuxia is a little bit about, it's kind of a good example because you get that sort of you know here's a bunch of different heroes with different styles and different things going on from different clans and 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 you know and here's the threat to the martial world they're facing and it and it kind of gets you right to sort of you know what Wuxia tends to be about. Um, and and so I like that. I like the characters. Um, I like I like the battle sequences, and and I like some of the, you know, sort of internal conflicts that some of the characters seem to be having. Um, but uh, but again, you know, I think I think it just you know, 
the thing that was propelling the first movie was that love story. And in this one, that's still definitely in play. Uh, but you, you're kind of waiting for it between the begin, the opening to the very end when you get the, uh, um, and again, we're going to spoil stuff, but when, when, um, when Cho Yu Hung returns and, and, uh, uh, you know, deals with, um, uh, the situation, uh, but, um, but I'm curious since, you know, you, 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 uh, you said that you, you liked the, uh, the characters, what was everybody's, uh, favorite new character in this movie? Like, so like, so take out Ni Chung and Cho Yi Hung and anybody that existed in the previous movie. Who is your favorite new character that they introduced, if you had one? I liked Moon. Um, typically, I don't like the women who dresses the men mm-hmm. characters, but I thought she was pretty interesting, and I thought she was funny also. And I liked her little relationship with um, Green. I wish it would have been explored a little bit more. But... Um, I think Moon and Green were my two new favorite characters. And I, 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 I like Moon as well. And you know, in the sort of in the Chinese um, version, so her her uh, lines are all very sassy. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe it's a typical sort of Hong Kong girl sassy attitude type thing that well, she has going on, which I found quite endearing. I think a lot of it came out in the physical depiction of the character like her mannerisms um mm-hmm. i liked moon i thought moon was the best new character that's that's when i thought of that question that was the character i had in mind uh i also liked granny a lot i thought granny was a lot of fun and um and uh and i and i and i found um the green character i found interesting um there were times when he got on my nerves but i also i also found him an interesting character especially the scene where he's crying and granny completely misunderstands why he's crying um but uh but i think moon for me was the uh the standout character especially with like she's got this the she's got sort of the affectation that um chow yun fat had in um uh a better tomorrow where she's got like <laughs> you know he had the toothpick and she's got like the cigarette or no it's not a i don't know what it is it's it's it, she's got something smoking in her mouth and uh i don't know if that's tobacco or some other ingredient but uh but i thought you know she was an interesting character um and very tomboyish she she wasn't like to me she wasn't like the characters that are trying to pass as a guy she was she was just a tomboy who was trying to be one of the guys but there was no there was no like attempt to to pretend that she wasn't a girl um she was just sort of you know just acting like the like the men in the movie um and uh yeah, so uh, I don't know any. Uh, what about the uh, the overall idea of the film, which was the uh, they sort of take what happens in the first movie and they create a cult around it, and 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 so now Ni Chung is the leader of this this cult, and her lieutenant is the the concubine of um, of the uh, of of the the general from the first movie, who. Uh, we find out in the movie she's the reason why he uh, betrayed uh, the empire, and and so she joins up with Ni Chung, and they're both basically they have a cult of women that are just they all hate men, and are um, uh, I think I think her uh, her her philosophy was basically if you see a man kill him, um, 
Did and think, I like that. Did did, did you th- did did you but did you think it worked as a uh, uh, a plot element? I guess was my. Uh... I think it worked as a plot element, and that's why I also think too that um, brainwashing um, Lear in this in this movie was a bit off because she really didn't have that ultimate betrayal that the other women had by the ones that they loved her you know she was just kidnapped and she really wasn't abandoned either because he was coming for her so but i thought that it was a good plot twist the reason why they're all joined up together well one thing i was curious about because they they brainwashed her and they gave her that that venom do you think they did that to all the women in the cult or do you think it was just her because I mean, basically, they had, like, she didn't really have a uh, a thing to be mad about, whereas the women that were in the cult all really had, seemed to have legitimate things that happened to them that, you know, could serve, could sort of be the source of a grudge. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any of the other women needed the venom or the magic drug because that they already had that strong hatred for the men in their lives and... They, it was easy for them to project it onto other other men that came around. Um, I think for Lear, they needed to drug her in order to produce that um, hatred, which eventually wasn't true hatred because it was overturned by love anyway. And I think sort of what they were trying to do with that drug there was, um, you know, I, I think in their mind, in the, so in the mind of the cultists there, you know, she was being used as a um, a breeding mare, basically, for the, for the clans, and and they were indignant, and like, acting indignant on her behalf, sort of. They had the hatred for the men mm-hmm. on, on her on her behalf, and thinking, like, if we're hating these men, surely you, as the person involved, must also hate this man. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's help you along, and, uh, yeah, un- unleash the the hit that you know the the um, the internalized hatred that you must undoubtedly have. <laughs> now, Kenny, in in your opinion, on the from the Cantonese version, how how uh, justified was that sentiment on their part? I well, I mean, in all, no one like 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 from. From the cultist point of view, I mean, Li um, Chang had wiped out basically all of the powerful martial artists of Budang, and now we've got Chen Kit, uh, who's sort of taking over as leader. He needs uh, a wife to sort of establish a lineage and uh, leave descendants, and yeah, re- reestablish a sect basically. And yeah, from their point of view, that there's no way a woman will be willing to sacrifice herself to help out a man, and if she does want to sacrifice herself to help out a man and his clan, and she's a fool, and she needs to be saved from her own idiocy type of thing. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I can see where they're coming from. And, you know, like you mentioned, all, most of the women, you know, who, who sort of heard stories about from this cult, it makes sense why they hate men. I mean, um, you know, not to speak of the one who was branded by uh, a lover and then sold to a brothel. Yeah, that was... Uh, um, uh... I think uh, Ying Wai, I think was that one. Yeah, she was uh, particularly psychotic in the... <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I liked her. Yeah. I thought she was a fun like uh, minion of the yeah. um, of the bad guy. Yeah, and you know, although we never really ex- um, told um, you know the story between um, Sanquei and um, Yuan Yuan, we, you know, for, from context, you know, I think people who are sort of familiar with um, historical dramas sort of know what the relationship between the two of them was like, and and sort of the reasoning of of why you know she thinks she was being used as an excuse i think so historically there have been sort of all sorts of accounts of what actually happened between between the two of them and and why he ultimately chose to betray the emperor mm-hmm. uh, and, and let the enemy in um so i think uh there was like another general or something who wanted to take a union for his own concubine basically and um because of this um Sangue had a grudge and opened the gates for the enemy just to uh spite the whole country because the um you know she was she was forcibly taken from him mm. so I, I i don't know what sort of um which sort of background they're using in this movie but yeah it sort of makes sense why um, Yuan is feeling you know, this hatred for Sangue as well because you know, she she's now going to go down in history um, in infamy as the person uh, who caused uh, him to rebel basically because uh, well, I don't know but, yeah, he believes that he's acting out of love but she sees it as using him as a, uh, she, he was using her as an excuse to um, openly rebel by saying that yeah, I have love and justice on my side type of thing yeah, and they did kind of in this one they they kind of do gloss over what the specifics were. It's just sort of more like, well, you did it because of me type thing. Um, but uh, I think it's interesting that they in both movies they they have a single real historical character who's somewhat significant to the plot, um, and I'm wondering why that is. Uh, you know, in the first one, the generals. Uh, important in helping establish sort of the the hero's uh personality and in the and in this one the historical figure is significant for ni chung um and i just was curious if there was a reason why they you know if it was just simply to mirror that or if if it was to lend it like a sense of realness um but uh but i think i think it adds something interesting to the film yeah, it does. I think it adds, uh, you know, it serves as a little anchor type of thing. And, you know, this is the period that we're, we're in and, uh, um, you know, it's a period of unrest type of thing. And this sort of, on the, you know, the sort of grudges and killings that go on in this movie are perfectly understandable mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, yeah, I do like the idea that Yun Yun sort of slightly turned a bit... Uh, obsessive and psychotic towards the end there, you know, leading to... Or do, do we want to spoil it? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, uh, yeah, when she ultimately um, stabs Ni Chung in the back because, you know, she she sort of thinks that, yeah, well, I thought we were in this together. We were supposed to end all men um, because they're all scum. And, you know, and now you're hugging and you know, looking like you're about to forgive your your old lover. You know, this is not what what, what I signed up for, basically. Now, in you, in, now, again, this is, I think, where the Cantonese might be particularly uh important because in the in the subtitles depending on which version i was reading the sub the sort of suggestion of them being lovers was done to varying degrees and i was curious in the in the cantonese how like was that 
was that a thing or was that not as much of a thing? I think Yuan Yuan definitely was holding a torch for Li Chang. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The, I think the implication was quite strong was that she was bisexual there, or mm-hmm. yeah, of like, or maybe fully lesbian, and, and uh, by the end of the movie, but okay. um, yeah, she she was obviously trying to make the moves on her, thinking you know. It, she was she was the brains of the sort of the operations, whereas Ni Chang would be the sort of the um, muscle fist, yeah, the muscle. muscle. Um, she she has Vader level powers in this one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and, you know, I, I think she sort of you know, sort of probably had the sort of vision of. Yeah, her and Yi Chang, yeah, sitting on the throne in the mountain somewhere, ruling over like uh, hundreds of other females and, and slaughtering, yeah, you know, all, all the all the men of the world type of thing. Yeah, she has. I think she has sort of grand aspirations and a vision for the future of, of happiness for them and the people in their sect. Whereas, okay. the, and, and the moment that um, she sort of got the hint that Ni um, Chang was about to forgive uh, Yi Hang or you know, there were signs of reconciliation going on there. Yeah, you know, it all sort of cracked apart for Yuan Yuan and she she immediately, you know, like, no, I'm not this is not this is not happening in front of me. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna break it apart if I can't have it type of thing. But um yeah no and I, now about the ending, do you guys think that was a happy ending or was that a sad ending? It was bittersweet. Um spoiler alert um, <laughs> one couple lives and one couple dies, but, um, at least if a couple dies together, it's happier than if they're separated, I think. I actually think it's happier than, so it, my initial thought when I finished the movie, it was like, oh, well, that was a pretty bittersweet ending. But as I sort of thought about it more, I thought it was actually a better ending than I expected because, you know, Yi Hang was, is a very morally upright and uh, and and yeah he, he's a very straight type of character basically um i think so the sort of guilt that he would have living knowing that you know everybody around him had died because of the one he loved type of thing it, it, it would he might not say anything about that but i think it's sort of one thing that would, might eat, eat away at him the guilt would sort of just pile up into his the end of his days type of thing um and yeah, while Li Chang wouldn't really have any qualms about killing people, I think she would probably be quite affected by any sort of negativeness or sadness that um, Yi Hang might have. You know, if he's reminiscing over his old um, teacher or uh, you know the other elders of the sect type of thing. So I think it's quite good that they ended up both dying because they both knew that they were still in love with each other and they could reunite in, in death and. Yeah, right. maybe in a very sort of Chinese way, they make amends in the next life type of thing and find each other again, maybe. And uh, I think that last scene, too, I think that was the, the director from the first movie was Ronnie Yu, and I think he directed that last scene. And I feel like that last moment between Leslie Chung and Bridget Lin, you get that chemistry back from the first film, like immediately, like as soon as they're interacting, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, it, it feels like that's back uh back in, in yeah the... i i noticed that too when i was watching it and i was like man this should have been what the whole movie was about that chemistry part was so missing through the first part of the film that you know that last 10 minutes made 
the the movie much better, even though you know the ending. But I I agree totally with Ke- Kenny. It's definitely a better ending that both of them died instead of one of them living. I mean, it just makes perfect sense. And it's kind of a a bit redemptive at the end. It's um, I, I I like the ending. I think I think this has a really solid ending for a movie and um uh yeah so i i i and and i think i think in a way too uh i guess my feeling about it is the 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 return of the chemistry is that much more potent almost because it's not present earlier in the movie um which i thought was uh you know you know again i'm sort of torn here because on the one hand i do think the chemistry is lacking but i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure that the chemistry was required for what they were trying to do um i still don't think this movie quite rises to the level of the of the original but uh but but i think that it's um uh for me it's just uh the the it's a little bit more of a uh of a fun adventure and then you sort of have that powerful emotional ending to the film um, so here's a question for you then, Brendan. So, do, do you think that the chemistry is inherent within the actors themselves, as in like I the think skill so. level of the actors? Because Leslie Chung and Bridget Lin, they, they are top class actors. I, you know? I think even when you go and you look at the like the flashback scenes, there's that one moment where she pulls the sword into her body when he uh, when when um, uh, oh, her name escapes me, but the other sect disciple stabs her and then. Uh, and and uh, and she forces uh, 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 Yi Hung to to stab the sword into her. She gives a look. It's just a very brief look, but it's it it it, it conveys a lot. And there's a lot of moments like that with Bridget Lin, uh, you know, in in this movie. And at, at the at the end of it, I think that's you know it's, again it's 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 her and Leslie Chung's chemistry that uh, is is what what makes that relationship believable. I mean, I'm sure Ronnie Yu too has a lot to do with it because he's making important director choices. Uh, uh, but, uh, um, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's largely to do with the actors um, for the reasons that you give. So the, yeah, I mean, in that case, how different would it be if, you know, for example, um, the main characters in this movie were actually Leslie Chung and uh, Bridget Lin, and you know, someone else was playing Ch- uh, Yi Hang th- and Mi Chang. I think it would be a very different movie. I think I think it would be, um, and I think I think you get you'd immediately have that chemistry back. But at the same time, I I don't know that that's what this movie was about. So because because like I said, you it's the overarching love theme, uh, love story between. Ni Chung and Chu Yi Hong that's tying everything together. It's sort of like a canopy over the whole movie that that comes back into play at the end. And that's creating the the environment for the adventure that we get to watch in the second movie. And if you if you sort of reverse that, I don't know that it, I, I I think I I, I think it would be like instead of giving it a like right now, I would give it you know like a three point five out of five. I think if we reverse that, I might have been giving it a two point five instead. So, so I think in a way, I feel like this is maybe the best sequel that you can get out of the out of the first one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's I I do find it's one that it's an interesting movie to. To discuss for that reason because i found that my opinion of the movie has changed over time 
Um, and, uh, and so it's just the kind of film where almost depending on my mood, I could have a different reaction to it. I'm yeah, kind of one. Go ahead, Kenny. I was trying to say, I, was, I, I feel like, yeah, the whole, the, both of the movies, this was like a whole build up for Yi Hang and Yi Chang and everything else is sort of extra and unnecessary. <laughs> and yeah, and, and I think you definitely need to watch um, both movies to get the full story and get full enjoyment out of it. But yeah, definitely the, the, the first movie by itself um, is much better than the second one in that sense. I think the first movie also feels smoother to me. It's just kind of like the events flow a little bit more smoothly than in this one, whereas this one there's like a little bit of a rockiness in some of the uh, the, the pacing or something. I don't know what it is. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that the first one felt so smooth that the um, this one... I found myself noticing uh, moments of the film that didn't seem quite as efficient. Um, the first one that comes to mind is the fight with the soldiers. Yeah, like that doesn't seem like it was all that necessary. Um, and I'm not usually one that would complain about, like, because I'm fine with, you know, having a little extra dialogue to chew on or a little extra moment. But because the first one was so sort of tight, uh, that, that scene didn't really, not, nothing came of that scene that I can really think of. Um, I mean, the, the only thing that that jumps to mind is its demonstration of the kung fu and uh, the powers of the the party that sort of gather to fight um, Li Chang here, and you know, and, and I guess yeah, even in that scene they weren't particularly impressive in any way, but they dealt with the soldiers in a very um, efficient well, manner. No, that's true. It just felt very much like have a guy with a gun burst into the room type of a thing, where. Um... I mean, I don't know. They could they could have easily just had it be the 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 women from the cult attack them or something. You know, it could have been something that was more connected. Well, you know, they, they could have ambushed the patrol somewhere or whatever, yeah. and had the fight scene out of that, and yeah. that would have, you know, also set up the the conflict a bit more there, and you know, and show the interactions between the the eight great clans and the the cult itself. And I don't know, but, but it, definitely, like, I don't know why they had to introduce them as, uh, introduce some soldiers into the mix and claim that they were rebels. Maybe the maybe that's the whole thing you were mentioning before about trying to inject some historic. Well, let's do it. I was thinking about that because I think there was, uh, I, th- I think that was because def- this is definitely what during the the um, uh, the Qing right. So it's um, and I think they did that. I think that was something. I think they were kind of famous for uh, for murdering lots of people for you know being presumed rebels in mass. So. Um, it was more like if any if, if martial artists meet up, you know, in, in a group, then they're probably plotting something, and it's if, even if they're trying to do good, it's probably not good for the government type of thing. So. I know there, there's a um, a Pu Song Ling story I was just reading that was based on on that kind of a moment where uh, you know it's a strange tale, and there's a bunch of headless corpses, and the reason they're headless is because the government killed them for presuming that they were rebels because they were gathered together. Um, but I'm sorry, uh, uh, Lady Chao Fung, you had wanted to say something. I think we cut you off there. Um, all I wanted to say, back to the chemistry thing, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there's a lack of chemistry because it was such a rush to make the movie. When I was looking on Hong Kong Movie Database, I was comparing the two films. They're both released in 1993. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the original ended its theatrical run 
on September 23rd. They released the second one on December 22nd, exactly three months later. So I'm wondering if, um, if the lack of chemistry had to do with such a rush to do it or if they'd already been planning to do a sequel and then they decided to hurry up and release it now, like hot on the heels of this. So we'll just throw something together kind of thing. I don't know. I've heard that too. I mean, I think you might be right. I think there was definitely a rush to get it out. Um, and that might've contributed. I, I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, I suppose, I, I suppose if they, if they had waited a year, maybe they would have, you know, had more time to sort of, you know, uh, think things through but i'm not sure that's not something that I, but but that's a good i think that's an interesting point because that, that's a pretty tight time frame that's so you said that that, that the uh the first bride with white hair finished its run in september and they released this one in december basically is that yes that, um, that's it so i mean you can make a movie in three months how good it's going to be i don't know but I you mean, know um yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I guess I, it's possible that they were filming the second one while the first one was, had just released or before it even actually released. I mean, you know, it, if we're going through uh, what Brendan said last time for Brad Whitehair, was like, yeah, this is the whole sort of um, rush to get movies out the door before um, the handover happened for Hong Kong and, uh, and China. Um, yeah, if they're trying to get all get everything out of the door um, as soon as possible, maybe there were contract reasons why they had to do it and push it such a tight um, time timeline. But yeah, you know, the, the, the director of the first one said that he was fatigued after after filming the first one and wasn't able to contribute to the second one. Right? Well, he was. Bur- uh, he said he was burned out, and I think yeah, he also yeah. said he wasn't interested in. He didn't like he. I I don't think he wanted to just sort of like go and just do a sequel as like a as a money grab, and so I think he was trying to preserve some of his artistic integrity. And my understanding, and I could be wrong because you sometimes hear different things, is that he um, that he uh, directed the final scene, but otherwise David Wu was the director of the of the rest of the movie, and that he was involved in some of the production. Um, so I, I mean I think just something as simple as not having the same director too can can produce differences. But 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 like you were saying, Kenny, this one very closely resembles the first one in look and feel. Um, well, they probably hadn't dismantled the sets or got rid of the costumes yet. So. Well, and also, <laughs> and, and Philip Kwok did the action directing in both of them, so that would have that helps uh, yeah. too with continuity. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and so yeah, so so so. I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's. A, I think. I think my, my my feeling on this one is. I think movies as good as the first movie are really hard to make. It's like that old saying. People say like making a, a a good movie is 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 really difficult. Like most movies should be bad just because of how hard they are to make. And so I think a movie as good as Bride of White, with White Hair One is very rare. And and I think it's you know you're lucky to get a sequel that's this good uh, to a movie that. It's sort of you know so so I think um, I don't think it's as good as the first one, but I think it's a perfectly fine movie. I think it's a, an, a you know fun, enjoyable film, um, and I think they they get a lot of mileage out of the stuff that's laid out in the first movie. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I th- but but that is interesting. I do think um, 
I do wonder what the movie would have been like if they had waited a year instead of having it come out three months after the first one finished its uh, uh, its run. And, and I feel like this the, the the plot of the movie might it, if we had separated it from the entire um, Yi Hang and uh, Ni, Ni Chang storyline and just had it by itself. You know, we had a cult of um, very. Uh, fanatical uh, women who all hated men and kidnapping the bride of a prominent um, a, a clan leader about to get married to and yeah that, that sort of plot I think might have a very interesting would make a very interesting Wuxia movie um, but I think the fact that they had to try and shoehorn that into the, the sort of universe of uh, the bride of white hair mm. might have detracted something from the plot they could they could have done more of the plot if they if it was just purely focused on um the rescue story there oh, I get what or you're I get yeah what you're yeah or or if they focus on the relationship between uh, yi hang and yi chang rather than going on this roundabout way and padding out like if, if, if yes I, I don't know it's just my opinion though so i mean yeah i don't know i think um that's so you're saying like a little bit more, like play it a little bit more, not standard, but not like, like the, the whole female cult thing, it kind of takes it into gonzo territory for lack of a better word. It's a little bit more sort of, uh, there's something a little campy about it maybe. And, and, and if they had maybe avoided that and focused more just on the grudge and, and, uh, it, 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 maybe it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been as in camp territory and might have been a a more glossy sequel is that is that what you're saying yeah like uh, yeah like you said the movie you know just i think it would deserve 3.5 but if they you know try took away um from the sort of the, the campiness side of things and try, try to streamline the whole just focus more on the grudge side of things it could might have been a 4 or 4.5 like if we assume that the first one was a 5 like it was, I don't think it would ever reach the same level as the first one but okay, it would be a better well I, I think you might be right I, I also think that part of what was driving it too is sort of the sequel rules where they have to double up on everything that was in the first movie so like you know in the first movie there's a scene where like they have the boobs and then, like, like they got, like you have like a guy, and he turns into a woman with boobs. And this one, they had like four boobs, four pairs of boobs instead of instead of one <laughs> pair of boobs, in the initiation scene. And mm-hmm. instead of like you know, uh, a you know, like erotic romance between a man and a woman, you have like you know these these lesbian elements, which which in the '90s were kind of like you know a a very titillating thing for audiences. Now they're you know it's like on HBO every night, but like on in the nineties, that was kind of like a, a surprise to audiences. And so I think they were just kind of doubling up on, on the erotic elements on, and, and, and that's how they got to sort of the evil cult, uh, area. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. And, 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 and also like you, like, like I said before, I think there's a, there, you know, there was sort of like a rush, I think to get a lot of transgressive things into the movies before they knew that that was gonna maybe die out after the after the changeover so i mean but but again i don't know i'm not i'm not particularly uh uh you know strong on the on the political stuff so so i don't know um but uh but yeah so uh what what did you guys think about um uh in terms of the fight sequences, 
my my favorite thing in the movie was um was Moon's bow technique. I thought that was a really cool uh cool way to shoot a bow. Um but any thoughts about the fighting in this one? I mean, I guess the, yeah, the the, mo- the the person we see fighting the most is uh, Ni Chang, right? And mm-hmm. she has developed, yeah, hair is basically a living entity by itself, <laughs> crawling through windows and like strangling people, and somehow being poisonous as well, according to the subs, anyway. <laughs> yeah, and and those were some nasty when they when Moon got hit with her hair. And they were and, and they were trying to remove the strands of it. You realize like that's a pretty gruesome wound to suffer, having all these strands of hair sort of Ugh. stuck in you like like threads. Uh, it seemed like a very complicated injury to recover from. Um, and then and then obviously with Moon, it, you know, it was very complicated. Uh, but but yeah, I, I yeah I, I liked how they they really upped the level of her power and. Um, and and I, there were there were several moments where all she really had to do was just like look at somebody, and that was enough to to um, uh, to just floor them. It was uh, it was like what was it? Uh, Blue Steel from that uh, um, that Ben Stiller movie. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. The one about the male models. Oh yeah. Uh, um... I know. God, my mind's gone black. Yeah, well, he had like a model gauge. It was like I think it was called yeah. Blue Steel, and it like knocked people over. It was kind of you know she would do that, um, but she you know her her Zoolander. Zoolander, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it was Blue Steel from Zoolander. But I I liked the, I liked you know she she like the, the one moment in the movie the the, the the she throws the girl a sword after she abducts her and and the girl charges at her and she just she doesn't even get ten feet before she's blown back across the whole hallway um and also i mean i guess oh go ahead i think in the first movie there's already sort of shown this sort of almost telekinetic power from the cult leader the, the um the, the twin cult leaders you know they, they could lift people at, kill people at a distance without really moving and the, yeah and maybe they just wanted to double up on that and just made um ni chung into a super almost like a supernatural level of fighter there no i guess that's uh and in a way it makes sense because she she's kind of carrying on the kung fu of the cult in a way so um so maybe that was you know what was at work there there was also a lot of gunpowder in this movie a lot of people getting blown up like a lot like a, <laughs> uh, an exceptional amount of uh i mean they were like su- they, they were suicide bombing themselves in the uh um in in the last couple of scenes there um and i i thought that added a whole new dynamic to to, and threat to the combat scenes um but uh but oh go ahead i was gonna say so it's sort of this is a good reason for why maybe martial artists uh died out of it and after the sort of Qing period just because people can now strap themselves with dynamite and just you know hug you and blow themselves up and you know you might have had 30 years of training and you know the most powerful internal kung fu in the world but you're not gonna do much to a dynamite blowing up in your face really well it's like the the in like legendary weapons of china that's like the you know the 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 whole thing is they're trying to come up with a way to to make themselves immune to bullets and they just can't do it it's uh it's just it's just one step too far i guess for uh uh for martial arts um but uh but yeah um i don't know any 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 other thoughts on the film we've we've been going on for about 50 minutes so we're sort of getting to the end here 
I, 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 well, I have already mentioned I enjoyed the movie, and uh, I, I, I'd say, you know, I wouldn't say watch this movie if you haven't seen the first one, but if you've seen the first one, definitely watch this one. It definitely, yeah, it enhances the first movie, and um, you, you get the conclusion that you would want if you'd seen the first one. <laughs> I think I might have to go back and watch this again. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this movie, really. I don't hate the movie, but I don't love it like I loved the first one. Um, so, I mean, if I had to give it a rating, I would definitely give Bride with White Hair, the original, a 4.5. Mm-hmm. But with this one, I'd probably give it more of a 2, 2.5. So I really need to watch it again and see if I can stay focused. I mean, I think honestly, though, if you have a reaction to a movie, it's your reaction. You know, like that's if you don't like it, you don't like it. And uh, 2.5 is, you know, I think a fair assessment if you didn't enjoy it. Um, you know, I, uh, I I would give it maybe I would probably give it a 3.5 um, out of five. And I would have given Bride with White Hair five. Um, and so I give it sort of, you know, just a little bit above average for me. Um, but nowhere near, you know, that's a that's a very big 1.5 gap between the two movies for me uh, if that makes sense um the exponential curve there yeah, yeah there's, there's a real big hump there to get to the five i think um i don't know, I don't know i'm uh, these rating systems can be so difficult to, to sort of wrestle with sometimes um but yeah so so i, I think it's all fair i think i think it's the kind of movie if, if people saw the first one they should watch this one and if uh um, I, I think it's got a lot of, you know, sort of fun, whoosh stuff to it. And, uh, and, and like Kenny was saying, it kind of completes the, the storyline. Um, but I think, I think the first one, you know, is a sort of stands well on its own as a movie. Um, so, you know, I think, I think a lot of people will be able to see the first one and never touch the second one and be totally fine. Um, but I think it's a delight when you when you find out there's a bride with white hair too. It's it's you know for me that was an interesting moment. I saw the bride with white hair and I didn't know there was a sequel, and then I found out years later and uh, you know and and watched it for the first time and it was it was you know it was a lot of fun. But uh, but yeah, so so we'll be back on and uh, uh, I think um, uh, next week I don't know if we've discussed what movie we're gonna do, but uh, obviously over the weekend me and Adam will be on with, with Doctor Who stuff. And, uh, and yeah, so until then, we'll talk to you later.
there was a whole thing in there that we kind of didn't talk about about like like remember how like the uh the green character was crying and um and and the reason why was basically because they were going to die for for no real good reason as far as he could tell um but there was there was like a whole theme in the movie i think about like the the elders kind of sending the young off to die in this conflict and staying behind and not suffering the consequences themselves like everybody from the granny character to the elders um i don't know i thought that might be kind of an interesting topic but uh yeah it's always a... <laughs> i don't know why they thought that the young people would succeed when yeah they're inexperienced their kung fu is probably not as good as the elders yet somehow they thought that yeah, are we to band together, send our the our brightest and the best uh, to 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 slay this uh, demoness type thing? It's like, well, what are you thinking? Like, if you can't do it, why do you think they can? Because they had youth on their side, and youth just think they can do anything that is in front of them. So they figured, hey, just send the youth. They think they can do it. So, but there's if they die, they die. There's one moment where I think uh, Green is like offering ten silver tails to somebody else to help him get out of even going. Right? Wasn't there that, that like he's trying to like they like they really don't. A lot of these guys didn't seem to be all that keen on it at all. Um, but even like the grant granny, like she she says that her like like they say, well, why aren't like they keep asking her like why aren't you going with us and. And she keeps making up re- – I don't know if she's making up reasons if they're real, but she says, like, oh, well, my style's better for defense, not for offense. And, you know, she's sort of – you know, but but it seems like, like basically she doesn't want to – she doesn't want to go fight, I think. Um, but but I don't know. And maybe it's just sort of like the sort of hiding the hypocrisy of the martial world there is, you know, oh, I can't fight because, you know, I have a legitimate reason. You know, you're young and I'm your senior, so you definitely – you should go – guess we're telling you to type of thing no i think i think i think that's kind of what's going on um and again i think it kind of ties back to how like you know so like uh, in some ways the the cult has like some legitimate gripes like you know you sort of like i said you see it when um uh when they're when they're like viciously tearing apart the female cultists uh, i don't know what it was like in the cantonese but the subtitles and the dubs were you know, it seemed like they were really laying into them, and and uh, um, and 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 there's a point where Moon is watching them, and she kind of flinches because of how they're they're just taking out their aggressions on the on the on the female disciples. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe that maybe that was meant to sort of lend credence to to that aspect of it, but well, it was kind of interesting. Um, well, isn't the whole reason why? Granny's there in the first place is because her sect either she was the youngest one left or she was the only one left. Well, they recruited her. They basically said maybe we could send in Granny, right? Like they said, well, you know, like they like basically I think like they didn't want to deal with it, so they recruit her because she's. I think they thought that she was one of the few people powerful powerful enough to deal with uh, uh, Chung and. And then, but then when she shows up to sort of orchestrate the fight against Ni Chung, you know, she's very content to just be a general. She doesn't really want to get involved in the, um, in the battle, it seems. 
Um, and it also seems like there's a point where she uses her, her inner energy to wipe, a, like she's making battle plans on the ground and she just waves her hand and, and blows away what she had just written so she can do something else. And, and everybody kind of reacts to that. Like she's revealing, I think that she has more power than she's maybe letting on. Um, and so I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like part of it is that, you know, she, she, she should have maybe been the person that went and faced Nichung. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So the power levels, and I think both of the movies are always have been a bit little skewed, right? Um, I mean, we have um, what was the, the the more psychotic cultist's name again? Uh, Ying Wai. Ying Wai. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she like wiped the floor with all of them somehow. And <laughs> um, yeah, you have to bear in mind she was just like a, a regular woman who you know was abused by her lover, right? So yeah, she didn't even have any knowledge of Kung Fu or martial arts prior to um, being re- rescued by Ni Chang. So... Yeah, that's, yeah it, that scene in particular seemed weird because she kind of shows up and, like, destroys everybody at that camp. And, yeah. and it doesn't seem like that was something that was established about her character. Like, it seems like she was maybe a fair match for anybody at that camp or maybe at best she could take on two people but but to have to have her just like plow through uh um uh kit and granny and 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 i think did she attack moon too or was moon attacked by no moon, moon was, was already wounded at that else. point yeah. but green was fine green had run off after um crying at the tree <laughs> and granny misunderstanding him and uh yeah so so i don't so i thought that was kind of weird it seemed like they maybe weren't being terribly consistent but i i i don't know maybe maybe if i watched it again i it it would turn out that i'm wrong about that but it didn't seem maybe hmm? maybe the hatred that she had toward her lover was her ultimate power which made her even better at what she was i mean it did it, it did make Ni Chang go from like high tier to like master tier fighter when <laughs> yeah when, when she sort of awakened her hatred for um Yi Hang right and you know I'm, I'm basically with her head turned white so it's not impossible that her hatred and maybe it's just also the um yeah uh the fact that maybe um Ying Wai has no care for her own life type of thing like she's fighting so recklessly that you know the the orthodox martial artists don't know how to deal with that sort of suicidal method maybe mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be it. And I, I do think the hatred is certainly a factor. Also, the Ying Wai, like, her whole thing is just really weird. Like, at one point, she's fighting uh, Green, and she's, like, de- delighting in his pain. and also, But then telling him to, like, use his pain. Like, you know, it's going to, like, make him more of a man. Um, so it's a very... Uh, and, 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 and the way that the women kind of fight from that cult, they all kind of hunch their shoulders a little bit. Like, they don't... They look kind of monstrous. They don't look like... Like you usually you think of a martial artist, you think of somebody with a pretty straight back, um, you know, and 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 the the way they were fighting was, I don't know, the the, the posture was very uh, sort of forward leaning and and a little bit ghoulish. Um, Maybe are they amateurish? Would you say or I don't know what they were going for. I don't know if they were going for that or if they were going for. They're a little bit more behaving like animals or something. You know what I mean? Like they're they're kind of uh, or just meant to be menacing in some way because they were all kind of like that. 
but mm-hmm. but I, th- I would think if they were amateurs that she wouldn't have been able to handle um uh kitten that way like she almost castrates him in that scene she cuts his she she stabs him in the in the hand and then she's like about to castrate him and then that's when moon shows up and uh um and you know delivers not the lethal blow but enough of a blow to send her running back to the sect headquarters Mm. Uh, this is something i wanted to bring up that i forgot totally about but i thought at one point that maybe moon had had a thing for kit and somehow that was going to interplay in the whole entire movie i mean i I think she did have a thing for kit didn't she wasn't that it was but yeah it was but yeah she she was in love with kit and dream was in love with moon and there there was a a weird sort of open-ended square going on <laughs> 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 not really sure what shape that is to be honest More like a tadpole maybe <laughs> and also it is interesting that in like a in a movie that's about like basically a battle between men and women like moon is the one character that's kind of somewhere in between in a way like because she's the you know the tomboy um but i don't know what the significance of that is though Uh, i'm sure somebody could probably comment more intelligently than me do you think that they would have tried to kidnap moon at some point i don't know and forced her out I was. I, Do you I think they didn't realize that she was a woman because she was so tomboyish and dressed as a guy, as a man and not acting distinctly feminine? That I don't know. I think yeah, because I think I feel like Ni Chung would have commented when she showed up, like, "Why are you fighting with the men?" Like something like that would have. Right. Um, and she didn't, so they must have just been treating her as a man, or I don't know. And I and I, I you know, I'm, I'm sort of wondering, you know, like. I don't know. I think you can get too deep sort of thinking about sort of the, the, like we were saying before, like just enjoy the movie. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think, I think it was, I think it was really, I, I don't think that she's a tomboy for no reason. I think they made her that way for a reason in the movie. Um, you know what I mean? Like it just is a, it's just too perfect for what's going on to for it to not be uh you know significant to the to like the theme of the film um mm. but uh but yeah i don't know yeah i i can't think of anything off the top of my head for you know why she had to be a tomboy i mean uh, uh, the actress i think suited the tomboy role very well um just in the way she speaks and her mannerisms, like she had everything down to a teaser. So I'm, I'm inclined to think that you know her natural sort of state as a person is more on the tomboyish side. <laughs> um, and I don't know, like she, it was never really explained. But you know, she had known um, Chun Kit since she was young. Um, that was like mentioned in passing at some point, um, and I thought. I don't know, like, maybe she thought that she could be better friends with Chun Kit if she was more manly type of thing and get closer to him that way. Well, maybe, and maybe that does tie into, like, sort of the theme of it being, like, a man's world. Like, if you look at all the righteous sex, the women in it, they're all kind of, like, the women in the cult are all kind of a little bit more traditionally feminine in some way. At least Ni Chung is and, and Yun Yun is. But the other women are, they're either a tomboy or nuns. And even even Granny, she gets mistaken for being the white-haired witch when she has her hair down, so she puts it up. 
like you know so she so um i don't know i don't know above my take and she <laughs> and she practices the virgin uh method yeah. or whatever <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm yeah. not sure <laughs> 